Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you to go through all of the action uh, this week in the British Basketball League. So we'll go back to Friday night and see how good our memory is with the uh, the game that there was so much to remember in, uh, which was Plymouth City Patriots 110, Bristol Flyers 103 after double overtime. No Kofi, no Shane Walker, no Miller. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's just forward it through to the to the bit that makes the difference. Ignore the beginning of the game. Two minutes, 20 seconds to go in the third quarter. There's a dunk by um, Antonio Williams on the break. It's 58-56. A timeout is called. Rashad Hassan is running back down court. He's chatting a little bit to Samuels. Rogers comes over because he sees his teammate being chatted to. And then bring back key motion. All is forgiven. They go to a replay. Uh, yes. And we and we don't really see quite what happens. They did show another replay, but it was, again, this is the drawback of the pavilions. The lighting is so great there that it's all gone very dark. It was a bit usual suspects, that, that replay. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit like that. Um. But but the referees had a big, long conversation. Things went on for ages. And in the end, the benches of both teams were ejected from the game. So before we get into who said, she said, did what, the rule is during a fight, and a fight doesn't have to be punches thrown. It can just be an altercation of some description. Any player leaving the um, coaching area or member of staff who isn't the head coach or the first assistant is automatically disqualified. Doesn't matter how far they get, doesn't matter what they do, doesn't matter anything. If they step onto the court in that situation, it's an automatic disqualification. So the gray area on this is there was a timeout called. They were walking onto the court as players do to high five each other and whatever at that point. And it's obviously gone a bit dark. The cheerleaders have run on. We can't quite see what's gone on so to throw everybody out seems a little like guesswork like oh everybody must have come on so we'll throw them all out was my take I don't know if you had a slightly different one Dave Mm, not really pretty pretty close to it the starting point for all of this is actually two minutes gone in the second quarter and um, Williams attacks the rim and Samuels blocks him from behind and Samuels, as players tend to do, says something. And almost immediately that he makes a play. It's probably something to get that out of here or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And they stood right next to Hassan at that point. And Hassan has a word with him as well. But that's kind of it. And then the next possession, you see Williams picking up Samuels a bit harder, full court. So there's, there's, there's some, that, that's, that's the genesis of it. Mm. Right? Then the third quarter, the game goes to the third quarter and it got testy in the third quarter. Um, it really, you know, it was it. This, these teams have played each other two weeks ago or a week ago, you know, so they know each other, and 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 they're both certainly the Plymouth team is quite brash in the way it's playing at the moment. It's got kind of got a rough edge to it, um, in the way it's attacking teams and going at them. Um, in the third quarter, the I thought Bristol got a pretty rough shake of it. Notice when they've got an offensive rebound. Um, and was caught for a foul. No, I have no idea how. I don't think the ref must have got confused. He ended up on, he got, went up about 12 feet in the air, got a rebound, 
was taken to the ground and was called for a foul. Um, then you could tell it was, it was heating up a bit physically because Evans goes to the basket and is hip-checked by Williams. And it's a foul. It wasn't particularly, it wasn't a dangerous foul or anything like that. But he ends up, you know, four feet on, four feet off the court because as he's been going, he's, 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 he's hip-checked. And to my, again, much to my surprise, um, the refs called it on the floor when he picked the ball up about five seconds beforehand. Mm. So at this point, you know, the game was getting testy, but there was nothing being done to control it, if I can put it that way. And, and, and this is where um, it becomes difficult, particularly in the pavilions, because as you say, the lighting's different in the pavilions. It's all a bit darker. You don't really have that peripheral kind of stuff that's going on. It really is a different environment anywhere else. And um, the trigger to this is that um, the player before that dunk, um, Samuels is open on the wing. Um, he goes to shoot the ball. Williams comes out of nowhere, makes a great play. Mm. And rejects it into the um, into the Bristol bench, but the trigger isn't that because Williams and Samuels can go at each other much as they want. They're, they're playing each other position. They want to talk to each other. They want to make plays against. It's not a problem. What happens is Hassan comes across on that play about twenty five feet from under the basket, specifically to get into Samuels's face to talk to Samuels. And at this point, you know, the referees, from my perspective as a referee, you've got to be your antenna have to be up here because mm. you know because not a week goes by on this show um without me complaining about some weak technical or why why do you need yeah, 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 that yeah. or anything yeah. like that but the reason that the refs have technicals in their armory is in order to protect the safety of the players and to allow them the ability to control the emotions of the game because you've got 10 relatively fit athletic physical committed um, people doing jobs of work, which is directly up against each other, trying to yeah. maintain their livelihoods. And if there isn't um, certain things, and referees have lots in their armory, they have their humour, they have their personality, they have their um, their ability, you know, their, their demeanour, but they also have their whistle and they have that, that technical foul mm-hmm. for when the, when the line is drawn. Now, that was a stone-cold technical on Hassan. There's no reason at all, in fact, it's quite embarrassing, to be blunt, for a 31-year-old or whatever it is, American veteran, to go over there and talk to say that to a 21-year-old kid. If he'd made the block shot, that's fine. He can he say what he wants, you know, get that out of here, whatever. But you don't go across, you don't do that. And it's in front of the Bristol bench. So the Bristol team sees that, right? So there's an edge there. So there's another edge. There's Evans who's sitting on the, who's sitting on the bench at this point, um, pretty frustrated because he's just been hip-checked into the, um, into the, on the baseline. Um, and he complained to the ref after that that he wasn't shooting shots. So his head's a bit like that as well. Mm. And then um, what happens is, again, um, Williams makes a great steal on half court. Um, he goes up and he attacks and he dunks the ball. And um, he swings on the rim. Mm. And he swings on the rim pretty, he swung on the rim pretty egregiously. Um, to the point whereby, again, I thought I better go and look this up because I you know, don't always know this stuff. Um, but one of the what the rules do is they define what technicals should be. And one of the technicals, one of the definition of technical is hanging on the rim in such a way that the weight of the player is supported by the ring, unless a player grasps the ring momentarily following a dunk shot or is trying to prevent injury to himself or another player. Mm. Well, that was an egregious um, hanging on the rim because he swung himself back, you know. And again, 
it's a bit of a spoil sport thing to be saying, oh, guy hangs yeah, on the rim. Why should you pin? It's like touching yeah, the ball, yeah, you know? So, yeah, oh, yeah. God, but you, you, if you're, my, my wife would call me a fun sponge or yeah. you Grinch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But in the environment that you're in at that point, which I've just basically detailed, yeah, you know, where there's stuff going on in this game and, and there is voices going on in this game and there are people in it and they played each other last week and there is ill will being generated, right? At that point, you know, again, that's an opportunity for a referee to turn around and say, that's enough. No one did it. What you then have is, um, as you say, and you nailed what happened. Um, Timeout is called. King and Adekunle do nothing wrong. They they come onto the court to to high-five their guys as their guys are coming off. There's a lot of adrenaline in the building. A play has just been made. Um, Samuels just walks back to his bench. Hassan happens to be standing there. I'm not sure how he happens to be standing there, if it's a choice of it, was just that's where he was on the play. Mm. But he then says something else to Samuels, which again, you know, in reality is, is the instigating is the instigation of the whole instant because he doesn't need to. He needs to walk back to his own bench. And um Really, if the refs had dealt with the first one properly, they'd have nipped it in the bud, or it would have been a setting technique and they'd been gone. Yeah. But he's the instigator. Um, Samuels, to be fair, doesn't really do much, but what, what happens is Rogers does who's just walking back to his bench for yeah. the timeout, does what a proper captain should do. And he he walks in and says, Whoa, you know, basically, don't this is my guy. You know, you you, you pick on someone your own size effectively yeah, if you're talking about yeah, the yeah, of the yeah. playground, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what Roger says, and he doesn't he doesn't physically threaten him, he doesn't whack him, or he doesn't, he doesn't doesn't push him. He just does exactly what he is meant to do, what I expect him to do. All of this happening right in front, a foot in front of the Bristol bench, mm. where there is no proper reason for any Plymouth player to be, because a timeout's been called. Yeah, right. That's that. So that's the the physical genesis of the situation. Now, the referees have missed opportunities to control the game beforehand. Okay, and what happens when you miss the opportunity to control the game is ultimately what they just what they realize, and they were probably correct in realizing, is you know, we have to sort this out now. Yeah, now you know, prevention is better than cure. They went for cure, mm. right? And what they did was to say, wait, we're going to throw everybody out who's on the bench because everybody's come on the court now. And what we saw in the video footage, um, as I say, Hassan's the instigator, he should have got a technical. Evans, we see on the video footage, continuing the, the dispute, yeah. being held back. Yeah, That's a technical, because he's off it's the bench. DQ. Oh. Me, that, for me, he should have been DQ'd. It's a technical borderline DQ. Okay, because well, so he, he's on the bench and he's come onto the court during... Oh, no, no, it's not, no, 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 yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, it's not a matter of DQ because he's come off the bench and on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, if he was he on the court, then maybe it's not a DQ. But yeah, the fact that exactly. he's been on the bench and he comes into the yeah. play, that's a DQ. So he, he, he has to go. I agree with yeah, you. He yeah, has to go. Yeah. Um, and King and Adekunle, you see, this is where the rules come in because mm. you, you, you nailed the rules properly. And what you said was, it's only if these players come on the court during an altercation, mm. right? So the, the exact phrase is, um, anybody who leaves the team bench area during a fight or during any situation which may lead to a fight shall be disqualified. Mm. Well, when King and Adekunle left the bench, there was no there fight. Wasn't a fight. No, and there was nothing at that point to suggest that, that there was going fight. to be a fight. Yeah. So on that basis, they, they should not have been disqualified. Yeah. Right. Now, secondly, 
um, unless there's something else. But even though they shouldn't, that's the rule. You have to do it during. Yeah. The, if you're already on the court, that's not disqualification. Then you've got the Bristol guys, and because I watched, you know, I did my, you know, um, private detective to the left. stuff. Yeah, back in private detective stuff to try and figure out what's going on. I don't see Delpesh at any point. No. To be honest with you, apart from um, apart from Evans, I didn't see any of the Flyers players on the no. court who who weren't already on the court. No, and even then, you know, if, if you know, you, you know, the, the incident is happening a foot in front of that bench. Mm. So you know, if, I know, I know they're not meant to be even yeah, a foot yeah. on the court. That would be a technical. That would be a disqualification. Mm. Um, but there's no way that, that that you know the pavilions is dark. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that corner is dark, the Bristol corner, because that's the bent, the office and bent. And the, the concept that, um, you know, Del Pesce in particular, and he was the one that, that kind of stuck with me because it was a, a significant moment. Um, he's the biggest guy out there, and he, he just nowhere to be seen. So um, I don't know how they came to disqualify everybody. And the very fact that they disqualified everybody said to me that they didn't know who they should disqualify. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, and that, that's kind of understandable because it's a very fast-moving, difficult environment yeah, to yeah. police. Um, but uh, and as I say, the reality is that they needed to get control of the game. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a situation um, whereby, as I say, if you look at the rules, really, it was exaggerated. The reason it was exaggerated, the effect, the impacts were exaggerated, was because they hadn't been controlled beforehand. Yeah. Right. And. Um, it will be very interesting to see which of these disqualifications are rescinded. Yeah. Um, the, the, the further thing is, and this is the thing which gets into, which really annoys coaches, right? Firstly, PJ knew what was going on because PJ's yeah. out there telling King and Adekunle to get back get to the back bench. In, yeah. Get back now, in. Now, I remember the first time I ever recall the uh, a, a mass disqualification yeah. was um, a semi-final first leg, Leicester at. Bracknell, they might have been called Thames Valley at the time, and what had happened was something came on court, and it was not long after this rule about not coming into the court yeah. had, had come into play, because before that, they didn't have the rule, and that's why they brought it in, because people were running on for a fight, and um, a, a load of people came on the court, and Michael Hales knew of the rule, pulled all the um, Tigers players back, and then was pointing to the ref. Look, they've all come on the court. And, and three or four Leicester players got ejected, got suspended for the next game and, and missed the semi-final second leg as a result of it. So PJ was PJ was probably uh -oh. playing in that game, yeah. I should imagine. Maybe he was coaching. I, th I feel like he'd probably still be playing at that point. Um, so he's been around for long enough to know the rules. And, and to be fair, even during, the, um, even during the sort of explanation of it, he didn't seem massively irate in everything well, he's not massively irate because his american point guard is still in he's the still game in court. yeah 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 and american point guard isn't still in the game yeah 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 uh, you know he, you know that's ultimately the these but, things but andreas is and, and obviously andreas is the other way around but andreas's reaction um was borderline he got a technical for it but it was borderline more than one technical if well, not I thought he got two yeah. because he shot two foul shots or did he get? But he couldn't have got two himself. One of them had to be on somebody else. Oh, well, somebody they, they, they shot two foul shots. And I only yeah. saw them call one technical. So yeah, but they shot. I foul. I didn't know whether the extra foul shot was because they had more people on the bench or something like that, and therefore it was four disqualifications to three or whatever. That, may, that may be right. You may be right. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, I thought I felt extraordinarily um, empathetic for yeah. the coolers. 
um, because um, the reality is that what the referees did was something which was just designed to calm the game down. What they didn't mm. do was address what had actually happened. Yeah. And what they didn't do was to address the cause of the situation. Yeah. And the cause of the situation should have been addressed. And that was, you know, and, you, and we've seen this before. I had a bugbear about it last year. If you remember, um, Derek from Leicester did some video footage last year of Lockett and Defoe at Bristol. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah. Lockett's talking all this stuff and, and Defoe's yeah, yeah. just looking at the ref saying, you, you listening to this? Yeah, and the ref, yeah. well, technical. It's like, technical. Well, no, you, yeah. don't, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You don't double technical just because you're trying to control the game. You have an obligation to get to the bottom of what happened and why it happened, mm. right? So as I say, um, what that should have been, you know, it should have been technical on the sand, possible technical on Rogers for coming involved as well, mm. you know, because, you know, in technically, I mean, as I say, I don't, I wouldn't, you'd take, you'd take a technical for the team for that, but nevertheless, you do yeah. what you meant. But you know, technical on the sand, yeah. technical on Rogers for escalation, um, then anybody, then Evans has to go because Evans is on the court looking, looking mm. for trouble. Um, and then if you're not sure that somebody else has been on the court, you cannot throw them out. Mm. You can't do it. You have to be sure. And as I say, it will be interesting to see uh, which of these disqualifications are rescinded. Mm. So I think a few of them should be. And in the past, this has been a one-game ban. I I checked on that because I obviously got asked the question and it's changed back and forth. Uh, So I did email the league and said, is a disqualification an automatic one game ban? And I got the answer back, no. Interesting. All right. Okay, it was last year, the year before. Yeah. Uh, So my assumption is that because it has been in the past and somebody did something and they changed it. But but good for them if they have. There should be a discretion, but they have to also have a a way of dealing with with what's going on. So... Mm. That, you know, was it was unfortunate. And um, I, I felt for Kapoulis because I'd have been wound up. Yeah. You know, I'd have been wound up with what with the fact that, hang on, this is happening in front of my bench in, yeah. a t- in my timeout, right? There's no reason for any Plymouth player to be anywhere near me, anywhere near yeah. our, our bench. The game is over. The, the game has been stopped. No problem with the Plymouth guys coming on the court to high five, Okay. But there's no reason for Hassan to engage Samuels as Samuels is just walking back to the bench. And what the refs have to do is they have to get the first one. Mm. Right? And then from that moment, everything makes sense. You form a determination. So what happens is at the end of the day, because, and then, as I say, I think, you know, losing Del Pesh and there was a, um, maybe notice somebody else so as well. I've got the fives that we've got. Yeah. So, so the fives that were left were Jacob Simmons, Samuels, Rogers, and Thomas Edwards. Yeah. Or um, Bristol, uh, Dusha Hassan, Williams Hart, and Graham Bell, and you would say that that Plymouth had a better five than um, uh, Bristol in comparison to what would be their normal starting five. Yeah, yeah, they, they benefited. I mean, it's yeah. pure chance, and that's why you can't do it randomly. That's why you can't just and, say. And right, also, in terms of the balance of the of the, the five, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't just say yeah, everyone goes. You know, you just can't do that. That's why you have to do it on a methodical basis and say, I saw him. Who did you see him? Did you see him? Did you see him? Right, yeah. he's off, he's off, he's off. And, and that didn't happen. So, um, and on top of that, because of um, the, the because of the, the feeling of um, injustice that he felt, which I have some sympathy for, mm. and hopefully I've explained the reasons why, um, um, they got two foul shots. In yeah. the game, which was overtime. Yeah, yeah. You know, so this is stuff really, really impacts, you know, really impacts yeah. the game down the line as well. 
Um, so yeah, um, you've got to go back, you know, you've got to go back at the trigger point and you've got to look at all the little different things that happened, the reason it built up to what it built up to. And it's hard because, you know, you have to control games in very different ways. You know, being a, a basketball ref, the BBR ref is extremely tough. These guys aren't professionals. They're not paid to be professionals. Um, you know, if we wanted to pay them a proper wage, the league couldn't afford it, let's be honest. Mm. You know, if we had 20 refs paying 30,000 a year to be refs, we'd all love it. That's 600,000 pounds that the league doesn't have, you know, so, so it's not going to happen. So, you know, these guys would have traveled a distance to get to the game and they've got to try and manage the game the very best that they can. And they're dealing with emotional teams who are playing aggressively. And I see, I just think they, they gave they gave those guys in that game too much rope. Mm. Um, and so next time I complain about too quick a technical, yeah. You can come back to me and say, it's like, well. well, you've got to get on top of it early. On top of it early, yeah. So, and that's kind of what refs have to deal with, isn't it? They have yeah. to deal with that balance. And it's, but it's easier, but watching it back, you can see it. If you look yeah, at the yeah, moment yeah. in the game, back, you, you can see, we can see where the ill feeling was. You can work out which players it was, and you go from there. Um, so, there we shall go. Shall we, um, yeah, let's we, crack on. Shall yeah. we talk? talk about a bit of basketball now Absolutely, after, yeah. I think we've done 20 minutes probably on that but let's let's get to some 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 basketball um before we sort of get into the actual uh, he scored uh, he scored they scored sort of thing um obviously it's five on five and there are still 12 and a half minutes brackets 20 and a half minutes uh left to play yeah. in the ball game and um if somebody fouls when you've only got five players if somebody fouls out you play with four um so that was the other sort of undercurrent of the remainder of 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 the game and overtime is if anybody commits a foul uh, commits five fouls they're out of the game and it's five against uh, against four so joe hart early in the fourth quarter picked up his fourth uh, foul um rogers josh rogers with 622 to go um picked up his fourth foul as well so so those two in particular had a lot of game to play on four fouls, and you could see, you know, the way it affected the way they defended. Yeah, they're walking. They're obviously walking the tightrope, and I thought it was quite a well played game, you know, amongst amongst everything else. And, and Plymouth kind of got away with it, got away from the game, but Bristol really dug in. I thought they showed a great deal of fortitude to kind of come back um, to make plays. They, they were playing with an unusual five. Um, Samuel's played extremely aggressively. He didn't back yeah. down the court. Did really, really well. Yeah, really well. Yeah. Developing every week, and he was kind of a leader on the court. Um, Simmons kind of benefited from the extra, the extra minutes, and the other guys are hard hat guys, you know. Jacob and Thomas Edwards and Rogers are just playing hard and doing what they're meant to do. Uh, I thought Plymouth got a little bit tight down the stretch. Williams had gone. Williams had gone for about thirty points, but. He, he kind of reverted to putting up some pretty average shots at the end. I think he went over three or over four in the last two minutes. It was almost like he was um, reliving the shot he'd made against Manchester, mm. you know. And 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 um, Bristol had a real shot at putting the game away. Um, Jacob makes a big three in transition without 55 seconds left. 85-86. And, um, 85-86. And I think they get a stop and they get some foul shots, don't they? Yeah. Williams missed. Then Hassan got his uh, fourth foul. On the next play, Samuels goes to the line with 20 seconds to play, makes them both. It's 85, uh, 88. Um, I can't remember. I've got sideline here with 11 and a half seconds to go. I can't remember yes, how, it, how, yeah. how it got to a sideline, but it's a sideline. They run Williams uh, around off the screen in the corner, 
he fires up a shot, misses the three, and Hassan and Simmons goes for it, and it deflects off Simmons and out of bounds. So they've yeah. now got five five point two seconds to go. Um, is, uh, yeah. They've got Dusha inbounding, and the thing I couldn't believe was he inbounded it to Hassan at the three point line. So this was this was a. This is the moment where, for all you say about the refs, you know, Bristol's lack of end end of game execution hurt them again. It hurt them regularly, and it did in this as well, because Bristol, you know, Plymouth weren't ready. You know, they they'd run their play, as you say, they didn't re, didn't really make much sense what they, they were running. It wasn't they didn't weren't running anything to get an open three. Um, so what happened was um, Dusha inbounded Hassan. Hassan didn't want to shoot it. Mm. Um, so Simmons at that point is off Hassan, but then he pushes up on Hassan. Dusha goes down to the corner. Um, and at that point, if Corey Samuels steps in between Dusha and the ball, the game is over, mm. right? Because it's a three to tie. So all Samuels has to do, and it's equivalent to the play that I would talk about with Josh Steele and Rod Glasgow at Sheffield. Um, at Sheffield Manchester at the beginning of the season when Glasgow made a four. Yeah, yeah. All, um, all Samuels has to do is to force Dusha to go back door. If he forces yeah. Dusha to go back door, the game is over, right? And uh, because either that or Hassan shoots a fadeaway three or something, which, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But instead, not only does he get caught on his heels and then let Dusha come up for effectively a handoff, Simmons is defending it like it's any play in the game. Yeah. And it's back off. So there's two mistakes, right? They allow Dusha to come round to his right where he's good, catches the ball three feet outside the foul line, the three-point line, he makes a hell of a shot. Yeah, hell of a shot. Hell of a shot. You know, unbelievable shot. Clutch shot, takes the game into overtime. Great job by him. Should never have been allowed to happen. Mm. You know, if Bristol execute that properly, looking at the score and the time, it's game over. Yeah. As soon as they throw the ball at Hassan, that should be the game. You know, your face guard, your face guard, Dusha, your face guard, the other guys, it's dead. So, I mean, again, the other thing foul, you can do in that situation is just foul Hassan. You could have fouled Hassan, yeah. But they, 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 they just, it, it was almost like no one knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, just to, you know, get the ball where he's, obviously, he was the only one who knew what was going on, comes yeah. off the king and catches the board, knows I've got to shoot a three, has to shoot yeah. a three. Um, so, yeah, so for all I talk about, you know, Bristol being a little bit hard done by earlier, you know, they got to finish that game. So then we get into the first overtime, and again, it becomes random. Yeah, so um, first of all, uh, Raf Thomas Edwards gets his fourth foul early in uh, the first period of overtime. So he joins the other two in, you know, having yeah. to think every time he's playing defense as to what do I give up rather than, because against yeah. four, you're going to, Almost you always do. lose. I remember Leopards winning an overtime game once with yeah. four because the other team got four. confused. And I think they had Richard Johnson and Rod Brown and they were just running around manically and hitting shots. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to present day. Um, yeah. But yeah, this game, it was just a bit, it was a bit, to be fair, they've played since 2.20 to go in the third quarter without substitution. So they they will yeah. be, they will and be. And they were, and it did slow down yeah. It did slow down a little bit. The game did slow down a little bit. That's right. Um, but Bristol's defense held up primarily. Yeah. Um, and they, again, they got themselves into a position where, you know, where um, the game was basically done. It was. It was there. So, so William scores to make it ninety-four all with a minute thirteen to go. Samuel, uh, inside a minute, scores. 
turnover and an easy run out for, mm-hmm. for, for Jacob, which at that time of the game or in that sort of level of fatigue, anything like that is just yeah, gold dust. Um, so they're up two shots again uh, with 37 seconds to go. And yeah. then another steal, yeah. uh, Thomas, Thomas Edwards, great play, comes up with, with the ball. And, and Simmons has a layup with 20 seconds to go. They're up six. The game is finished. Yeah, two things about I mean, the first thing about that is I felt for Simmons because he really shouldn't have had the ball at that point. Um, and you shot the layup and you think, how is that a problem shooting a layup? Mm. You, you, there's no one anywhere near him. Just dribble. Yeah. Dribble, 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 yeah, yeah. dribble, dribble. But he's a big guy, so he's not going to. He's probably thinking, yeah. I get a layup. I don't, I don't have to make foul shots, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah. I get that. It's yeah. just that, you know, you know if I'm and on the, up six, how can we lose? How can you lose? Yeah, but still, if you're on the court, you know, you're yeah, up yeah. forward, the clock ticking is yeah, better yeah. than being up with the opposition having the ball, as we found yeah, out. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you really shouldn't have thrown in the ball, but there's kind of a little press, a little kind of, it was, was ahead, he was open, so they threw in the ball, so he makes a layup. Um, but the, the problem with making the layup in those circumstances, unlike if you're fouled, is that you don't get time to set your defense. No. So, so Plymouth were able to come back down, one pass. Joe Hart is on the wing. Joe Hart, smart. Coach Joe, obviously, he was in our team for a year. Understands time, game, score. But down six, has to be two possessions. Have to make a three. And he's a shooter anyway. So he within two seconds of Simmons making that shot, the ball's the other end. Hart makes a three. So with cramp uh, as well, you could see. Like, well, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, he's probably had his beard's probably taken too much, <laughs> you know, something like that. Anyway, um, you know, so that is that that's that kind of lets him back in a little bit. And then I thought three. Consecutive players. I thought Bristol got hosed by the refs. Actually, <laughs> I thought any one of the next three players they could have got yeah. a proper. They could have got a call, which would have ended the game, and they didn't get one because it started with um, the inbound. Dusha inbound it away, and you know Dusha wasn't even appealing for the ball. Mm. You know, you know, Sam, you know, and you can tell by the reaction of of the player. You know, I know the reaction of the players is dangerous. Mm. I get that. Yeah, yeah. The players yeah. will do what they can, but. You know, the look on Samuels' face and the look on Dusha. I mean, if Dusha gets that steal, Dusha yeah. is immediately pointing down yeah. there. He's, yeah, he's, doing, he's doing everything. And he was, he knew. Yeah. He knew that was him. And for a ref at that point um, to, to call out the other way um, was, I think, at that point, at that point, if I was Bristol, I would think I was cursed. Mm. I'm honest. Then they get the ball inbounds and, they, um, and Joe comes off a curl. And Bristol play good defense on it, mm. and you can't make it. And I don't know if you spotted this, but what happens is Raul Graham, who's been making plays the whole game, Raul Graham Bell, he um, performs what I'd call the old default arm lock. Yeah, yeah. And he goes in to rebound that shot, and he locks Josh Rogers up as he's jumping up. He locks him with his right arm under his arm as he's and, and rebounds and catches the ball with his left hand, rebounds it with the left yeah. hand. So a bit of strength. But Rogers ends up spread eagled, and Rogers is a big fella. He's six foot yeah. nine, right? And he ends up spread eagled, face first on the floor. Yeah. Right. And that's not a natural position for anybody without something having gone on. And what's gone on is that he's been levered out because yeah. Graham's been looked well. That's a foul. In defense, in defense of the referees, uh, I watched it first time, and I think, wow, what an amazing offensive rebound. And it was when I went back on Synergy where you could slow it down, and I watched it 
at slower pace. I was like, oh my god, that's a that's a foul. <laughs> yeah, it's a foul. Yeah, I mean, it's a foul. It's not close. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't see the the, the Rogers spread eagling on the first on the first yeah. bit because you're looking at the ball in the air, so you don't necessarily yeah. see what goes yeah. on. But the thing is, the ref's not meant to be looking at the ball. The ref's yeah. meant to be looking at the player because that's not his call. So that's a foul. So they, so they got away with that. Yeah. And then yeah. Graham makes Raul Graham Brown makes an unbelievable, unbelievable play. shot. I mean, you're talking no, no. about him making winning plays last week. That's yeah, another yeah. winning play. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a Reggie Miller, you know, dribble, I'm going to dribble eight feet back to the three point line, have the presence of mind to, to, to know I need a three to release yeah. a three and to make the shot, you know. And so, so credit to him for an unbelievable shot. It's just that, you know, what either one of those two calls goes Bristol's way, the game is done. Yeah. Right? And, it, and it didn't. And then having made that unbelievable shot, Corey Samuels has the ball with four seconds left. Yeah, so timeouts called. They advance the ball. They've got the ball in the in the front court, and 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 there's four point two seconds to go. They're inbound to to Corey Samuels, who drives to the basket and ends up face first on yeah. the floor. Yeah, and he ends up face first on the floor because his foot made contact with the foot of the defender who wasn't not the defender behind him, the defender who was in front of him. Yeah, and. Uh, I think at any other point in the game, that's called. Yeah. Because I looked at it, I mean, I looked at it to kind of, was he outside, was the defender outside of the cylinder? Yeah. He just stood yeah. in his foot. I don't think he was in the cylinder. I think his feet was a little bit, a little bit wider than they needed to be. Yeah. But the point being that at this point, you've just had, you know, you had two calls gone against you. Yeah, yeah. And I then... That one. So yeah, again, but... what I did, with because I was watching this one back on, on BBL Play, the problem now with having nice cameras and all of that sort of thing is the... The, the Synergy version doesn't have the commentary and it has the robot camera still. Yeah. But Synergy allows you to go back and play at, at quarter speed or half speed. So I, I actually flipped to go look at this these two plays slowly. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's a trip. Again, in real time, I thought, he, in real time, I thought, oh, that might be a trip. And in slow-mo, I thought it was definitely a trip. But, but as you say, four seconds ago, tied ball game. You see, and you can't abrogate your responsibility, unfortunately. You know, no. I know people will always say they don't like refs to make calls. There was a there was a it was an absolute um mashup on Twitter last year when Ed Udansky made a call at Worcester in the last second where a player made a very limited um touch on a on a driver. I can't remember, I think it might have been Bownet was driving to the rim against maybe whoever Matthew Bryan was playing for, maybe I can't remember, but but there was a Tesha, there was there was a touch. I don't know, I can't remember who it was. He drove to the rim. It was one of the first things we talked about on this show. And there's a little hand on the back, nothing more. Hardly changed, the, but but he called it. And you can't, you 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 know, you can't not call things just because it's last thing. In those two plays, the, the Graham Bell foul and the Samuel's non foul, mm. or the Samuel's foul, both times the refs swallowed the whistles at the end of the game. That's you know, and you can't do that. So well, Bristol, they, Bristol on that basis, at this point, I think are. They've had the rough end. That's yeah. all I'll say. I'll go as far as saying they've had the rough end. Well, they they could quite easily have lost the game there and then were it not for Chris Bourne, because I don't know if you saw this. I saw Andreas. At that point, Andreas exploded. And Chris Bourne played the best defense he's ever played in his career there because he got in front of his coach and kept him away from the referees because obviously a technical there is a free throw and they could lose the game. Uh, yeah, but I think it's, it's a tie game. It'll be a free throw at the beginning of the next overtime period. Possibly, but it's a risk game to take. But but, yeah, uh, game, but, but anyway, even so, but even so, what but he'd have been say, out of the game as well. Yeah, what I will say, I mean, what I'll say about you know, and there's been some nonsense talked about 
Kapoulis being unprofessional, all this stuff. You know, this, he is the, that is the epitome of professional. He is battling for his guys. Mm. Right? He know he knows what he's seen. He's not happy with what he's seen. Mm. Hopefully, I've just explained it from his perspective what he's seen because it's what I saw watching the game as well. Mm. And his job is to show his team that he's out there for them. Yeah. No, and that he is going and he is committed to them and he is going to support them in every way, shape, and form. Mm. Now, Chris did a great job. He did what every assistant coach has to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way in the world I would ever have done that because I'd have been knocked out. <laughs> right? right? But, but I'm telling you that now. Yeah. Um, but Chris did a great job. But I'm not going to get in, get on Andreas. Yeah. I'll say that, oh, he's got to calm down or he's got a quote marks yeah, yeah. professional or nonsense yeah, like that. Yeah. No, yeah. he's been he's, he's doing his job. This is a this is a proper competitive sport where people's jobs are on the line. It isn't mm. um, an, af an afternoon out at the at the um, the theatre. Mm. You know, mm. if people want that, go watch Bulls. You know, this is passionate sport. He's a passionate guy, and the reality is he. And actually, I'll take that back because it doesn't matter whether he's a passionate guy or not. Mm. Right? I don't regard myself as being particularly passionate. Right, if I'd if that had happened to my team, I would have been up like him. Mm. Albeit I only I'm only I was only the assistant, so I, I can't really be quite as you know like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. but in my mind, that's the way I would have been. Yeah. Right. And um, so I have every you know every every empathy for him because as I say, you know one thing, two things, and then maybe when it gets to the end of the game like that, and you've won the game and it's taken away from you. Um, you know, let's just put all this stuff about, you know, coaches should just clap hands, smile at the refs and all this stuff mm. behind them. It's not about that. Yeah. And, you know, and hopefully every coach in the league understands what I'm saying about that. Because yeah. I know I think, I think they do. Yeah. Is, is, is saying the same thing. Yeah, I think they would. I think I, I, anyway. I don't I don't I, I don't think you'd get a different reaction from anybody. Um, just not all of them would have Chris Bourne holding them back. No, no, <laughs> so good, good job to Chris. Um, so second overtime. Um, they were absolutely gassed were, yeah. uh, at this point. It was I felt a bit bad watching them. It's one of those things where you like flogging an old horse around a thing. They were so tired. Um, Bristol, Bristol just ran out of offense in yeah, the second. Yeah, yeah. Bristol, this is where this was actually the point whereby the, the lineups mattered most because um, Plymouth had more scorers yeah. in the game. They had more people who could get them a bucket, and um, you know Bristol had actually won the first overtime primarily on their defense because they'd only given up a few points until the last six points in the, in the last 15 seconds. But um, eventually, you know, Plymouth scorers were going to get to where they needed to get to, people in yeah. foul trouble, et cetera. And Bristol just didn't have the offense. They didn't have anybody they could throw the ball to. Yeah. Uh, so the, 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 the sort of decisive play, probably 50 seconds ago, Thomas Edwards short on a three. Uh, Graham Bell got a run out and it went to 108, 108. 103 and that was that was basically yeah. it uh 13 seconds to go josh rogers did finally file out which was incredible because um he'd 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 had uh by that point 20 minutes roughly uh of um of on four fouls and he was the first yeah. one to go um, he fouled so, deliberately so I mean, yeah 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 it was one of them so so they played the last few seconds with with four players but they were down seven as a result of the free throw so 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 that was it so I mean, uh, I just just to be clear on that, I'm not I'm not suggesting. I don't think I've ever suggested that um, refs are trying for Plymouth to win or anything of that nature. It's not about that, you know. You know, ultimately the game is hard enough to call, it's fast enough to call, whatever. Mm. But there is a time when you get a confluence of calls which mm. go 
in one direction, which are the more impactful calls in the game. Yeah, yeah. Tip you down the end, right? And that's why people get, to use the phrase, wound up. Yeah. Because this is the stuff that matters. Yeah. So uh, Williams with 35 points, five rebounds, 11 assists, played all 50 minutes. Hassan had 26 points. He was 11 of uh, 17 shooting. Graham Bell with 22 points and 13 rebounds. Evans had 20 for Plymouth. Uh, Jacob, 19. Uh, Samuels, 15. And Simmons, 15 and 15. So, so um, Evans had 20 and two and a half quarters. Mm, mm, yeah. You know, Williams had 35 the whole game. You know, if Evans plays the whole game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where it comes from. So let's go to uh, a game we were at and we thought was going to be the peak drama for the night, but uh, but it didn't turn out to be so when we when we went back and watched. Uh, Newcastle Eagles 97, Glasgow 95. Uh, no Hillsman for um, uh, for the Rocks. Um, Ali Fraser was back. Well, I'm led to believe his his uh, operation is this week, so he gave it one more go or two more goes for this weekend. Um, We've talked before about Newcastle defensively. Um, they didn't stop much in the first quarter. They, they, they'd given up 27 points in, in seven minutes and were 13 points behind. Yeah, man. That transition defense was neglectful, mm. woeful, um, abominable, appalling. Call it what you want. Mm. Gave it 22 transition points by halftime, which is a, a number which makes your jaw drop. You know, and when you're talking about whether a team is locked in or not, and I know we've used that phrase a lot and take the mickey out of others who use that phrase a lot. Um, the bit just about the biggest um factor on that is transition defense because that shows how committed you are to getting back. And um the where half court defense wasn't actually horrible. Um, albeit it wasn't great, but it was it was you know survivable. Um the transition defense was just was despicable. Um, and Glasgow, to be fair, run the ball down their throats. But Glasgow are not, other than Jordan Harris, Glasgow are not a team who are, you know, who are particularly suited to running the ball down your throat. Mm. You know, um, you know, Fraser. There were a Mal- couple of times where Ali Fraser's the first man just out. Jogged, uh, yeah, he just jogged, and he wasn't sprinting. Ali Fraser couldn't sprint because he's got a broken foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're getting beaten down court by Ali Fraser with a broken foot. Um, you got, you know, Fraser Malcolm was getting to the rim. Johnny Bunyan was just having to stand there, pretend to pass it, and everybody runs away. Yeah. He only made six threes against them last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, whatever. And and I just thought the the, the other than um, early, other than Justin Gordon's offense early, um, Newcastle were actually fortunate to be as close as they were um, in that game. Um, so yeah, it, it, you you. You did a stat before the game, or you had it on Sky. You know the ninth and tenth in points conceded, mm. um, and I, I thought that was pretty, um, pretty noticeable throughout the game. Shall we say? <laughs> uh, you know, you know, talk about number you know, men, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. numbers don't. Lie. And the, I'm afraid both teams um, struggled to, to to stop to stop anybody. Um, so. So Glasgow were 32-19 up at the end of the first quarter, and it kind of stayed in low double figures for, for the second quarter. They were 13 points up, having scored 57 at halftime. And then the first three minutes uh, of, the, of the third quarter, uh, Eagles started 
12 to four, 12 to four. Defoe hit a couple of jumpers to get them going. Person hit a three. Johnson hit a three, and it's 58-61 game on. Well, I thought Newcastle's defense when they restricted, I say about the half court defense. It's with, with Newcastle and to a lesser extent with Glasgow, it's all defense. Mm. I can sit here and talk, he scored, he scored, he shot the ball really well, he shot the ball. It doesn't matter. You know, their, their limitation is offensively, they have the ability to score 90 to 100 points a game, but it doesn't matter if they're not going to stop anybody. Mm. So all that really impacts the decision and the results of the game is the defense. And what happened, I thought, at the beginning of the third quarter was, as you say, Defoe and Fletcher took the, took the lead because Defoe got his jump shots and, and he hadn't really touched the ball much in the first half. And then bang, 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 he, he got two 15 footers off screen and rolls. He's got a lob to the basket. He's got six early points. But more significant than that was that when they started defending the screen and roll, Defoe started coming out and putting real pressure on the ball. Mm. So, you know, he, you know, he was out there and they were almost trapping at half court, you know, and, and, and physically that leads everybody else has to move then you know, everybody else because because they're, they're playing four on three behind everybody else has to be alert and everyone has to be moving yeah and I Fletcher and Defoe's defense kind of set the tone for the rest of the way and the rest of the way um the half court de- Newcastle's half court defense wasn't great but it wasn't that bad they gave up 38 in the second half yeah. and it got a bit harder uh, for Glasgow to score down the stretch and Ali Fraser wore out as well which didn't help them yeah um, but you know, Glasgow, to be fair, you know, <laughs> they're playing without Hillsman. Gareth's not playing for whatever reason. Um, you know, that's a decision or an injury, it's not, not being particularly clear. Um, but he's dressed in his gear, so you know, you'd yeah. have thought that you'd have thought he'd have, he'd have found some minutes for himself. Um, and they demonstrated what they've shown all season, which is nice spacing. Fraser Malcolm made some leaps, which meant he made some threes, so he was really impactful in the game. And they kind of stuck at it all the way, and Jordan Harris was the best player on the court, you know, and uh, with his athleticism at both ends. So they stuck at it till about two minutes to go, yeah. and then they absolutely went dry, and Ramon Fletcher took over. So uh, Johnson three, Johnson drive, Harris drive, uh, 90 to 95, two minutes to go, um, Glasgow with the lead, uh, and then, as you say, uh, it became the flat show. I mean, that's, that's what well, he Well, what he did was he, he, got, he got to his spots, and, you know, for the first time in the game, he, he, he um, got to the the, the, um, the high post, caught the basketball turn, and managed to get around Johnny Bunyan to his left for a layup. You know, neither team had any interior defence other than a little bit maybe of Defoe. Jack Domi only played three minutes, got two fouls, never played again. Um, Johnson's a big guy, but he really didn't show that much interior defense I could see um so Fletcher got there then um Eagles got a couple Johnson Jordan Johnson put up a couple of a couple of drives uh, a couple of drives whereby you know he didn't really get that good look and well, really the first one he had a he had a three and then Corey Johnson made so Fletcher scored 140 to make a three-point game yeah Johnson missed a three um Jordan Johnson missed three. Corey Johnson yeah. made two free throws with a minute eight to go, 94-95. Then he had a, Jordan Johnson had a drive in, um, yeah. got got sort of wrapped up. May he may have took some contact in there, um, but the possession arrow goes to Newcastle. Um, oh yeah, that was the the, the where the full kind of yeah. reach, but Gordon Gordon got his hand on the ball. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see on the I couldn't see where I was sat or the camera whether Defoe yeah. actually got him or not. You might you're right, you might have, but yeah. but, but you saw but Gordon certainly had his hand on the basket. Gordon definitely had his uh, and then Gordon gets fouled at, at the other end, and uh, again it's another one where 
from the angle of the TV. It didn't look like much of a foul by Vance Johnson. Um, but Gordon goes one for two from the free throw line. So 42.8 seconds to go. It's 90, 95, 95. And then Johnson uh, had the ball, went to attack, little stop and go, got in, fall away. And that was that was the one, really. We, me and Ro yeah. were talking about it after the game. If that, if that goes in, you just didn't, yeah, yeah, well, you you just didn't have enough of it. Well, basically, the ball's in the hands of the two point guards, isn't it? Who makes it? Mm. And uh, I thought, to be honest, that was, you know, given that Johnson had had a basically an unoccupied, un, unmolested route to the rim for most of the game, it was yeah. quite refreshing as a Newcastle um, uh, watcher. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably saying watcher. Yeah. Um, as a Newcastle watcher to say that he didn't and yeah. um, to say that the lane was finally clogged. And that he he had to shoot a shot, which isn't really a shot. You know, he does, he's not really a fadeaway guy. No. No, if you look all season, he's been rating players going to the rim. He's been making floaters, but he's not really being a spinny kind of fadeaway guy. And I don't think he's healthy. He's not the same. He's either mentally shot or he's physically not well because yeah. he's not the it, same player. It, it could be the dog days of February with the minutes that he's played as well. This it this is the time of year. That if you're not, if you just go and watch a team every other week, you might not realize the sort of grind of it through the through the yeah. course. And this is the time, the dog days of February, where the playoffs are still a ways off there. And it's been a long time since you've been home and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's cold in Scotland. Yeah. And he's from Texas, I think, or somewhere. So there's something yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's not right. I mean, the player that I saw the first game of the season, um, compared to the player that you know watching at the moment isn't the same player and um as i say i think i i i tend towards something physical as well mm. to be honest because just you obviously got injured against sheffield the week before yeah. as well which didn't happen yeah. before we tend towards something physical um so defoe grabs the rebound on that miss they come down the other way and fletcher in that in the high pick and roll comes round 17 foot we've seen that we've seen that video play out before yeah, good defense. I thought it was good defense from Dasko, actually. I thought Johnny did the right thing. He forced him to his right. He stayed, you know, he, Gordon kind of glanced him on the screen, but um, I thought Johnson was probably a little bit deep because once once you've sent Fletcher, once you've sent Ramon to his right, you know that Johnny's coming over and Johnny got there to really trouble the shot as much as he could without fouling because mm. you're up on his shooting side and so Johnny's on the shooting side of him which meant Ramon, if you look at the video from behind, he actually had to fade a little bit on the shot, mm. get it off. But I'm thinking you're sending him to his right. At that point, you want Vance Johnson to be up another step. Mm. Make Fletcher at that point go. Take another dribble. And then he's attacking you to the, you're attacking, he's attacking to the right, which isn't his favorite. He can finish. Yeah, yeah. You've got a chance. Come back with that. Yeah, you've got to come back with his left hand, but yeah. at that point, you've got a chance if you're the big of getting yeah. back there and getting something on it. Instead, you give him, you give that guy a 17 foot pull up jump shot. Yeah. He's in a bit of rhythm. He's been distributing the ball all night. He suddenly becomes a scorer. Another 15 assist game, and bang, he makes the shot. And um, my only thing at the time was whether he went a little early there. Uh, I, I think I think I think I would probably say not. And the reason for that is two. One, he doesn't know he's going to shoot the pull up when he goes. He might be attacking yeah. the rim. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, he might be thinking, well, as soon as this guy pinches, I'm throwing the ball up to the wing mm. to, to, to Corey Johnson. You know, at which point if he goes with four seconds to go, he does that and that shot's going up with two seconds to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, true. so I mean if you're Kobe Bryant and you know you're shooting, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You can go with one second to go, yeah. you can put the shot because you know no one else is touching the basketball. Yeah. I don't think Ramon has that in his in his game. No. I think he will make the right play most of the time. And also because he doesn't have the physical capabilities to necessarily get any shot off against anybody. Because he's only little, you know, he's not yeah, yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. But he can get, he can, he can draw the defense, kick it, or he can get the shot if they take it. So it was, I think Newcastle would have preferred he'd be gone three seconds later once he made the shot, but obviously yeah, but, he tries to do that at the time. Um, and that gave Glasgow a chance, didn't it? Yeah, so they call a timeout, advance the ball. Um, person knocks it away. Again, that was another one that was... Looked pretty clean, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But I mean, I didn't get a good angle on that at the time. Just yeah. that ball went forward. But... Again, this is the thing you see. If you're a ref at that point, if you think there's a bit of contact, you call it. Yeah. You know, you, you don't. You know, you don't want. You know, at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that happens? The ball goes out on the sideline yeah. again. If you think there's a bit of contact, you call it. That's what they didn't do in the in the Bristol game. Mm. You know, you know, there was contact and they didn't call it. And that that, you know, anyway. So I'm not going to get on the refs for that. Is so that the ball thing? goes to the opposite side, so in front of the benches, mm. um, and. This time, Johnson coming round off a off a screen got the ball. Uh, I mean, it was well challenged, but he almost hit that shot. He did. I was, and I it mean, would have been three, so it would have won the game. Yeah, and yeah, it was a nice. It was as good a look as you're probably going to get with two seconds. Mm. As you say, a person went around off the screen. I was a little bit disappointed that none of the the Eagles. It's not person's job to be because person's chasing off screens. All his job is to do is to stay connected. Yeah. It's for one of the, the bigs under the basket or, or one of the other guys under the basket to see that coming or the guy who's defending the inbounds to think which of the which player we're going to take the ball out the hands of and to look over his shoulder and to see Johnson coming and to get there and to get to, to, to kind of take that look away. Um, so I hope Newcastle caught a break. I mean, it'd be a hell of a shot to make. It was, still wasn't an easy shot. And, you know, probably a 25% chance of making that shot. Um, and Jordan Johnson hasn't been making many threes recently either. Um, so it's certainly odds in the favour of the defence, but they gave themselves a shot to win. And you always try to win on the road and overtime at home, you know? Mm. So, you know, I would have been, that's two two games now, Dan Clark with a three and Jordan Johnson with a three, you know, whereby you know, Newcastle wouldn't be on a winning streak if, uh, if those yeah, guys yeah. had made shots, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what happens with scoring races. You know, the last one to score wins. Yeah, yeah. So Gordon with 24 points and nine rebounds. Person another got 10 rebounds because they didn't give him the one on Johnson's shot at the end. He should have. Was it in time? I don't know. The shot yeah. went up. I don't know if the rebound was. I'm being, I'm being picky. I'm being picky. Person with another 20-point game. Fletcher yeah. with another 15 assist game, 13 points as well. Um Fraser 25 and 8. We've talked about how they're going to miss him. Okay. Uh, Harris 21 and uh, 6. Assist. Uh, Vance Johnson, um, he had a good game. Um, uh, uh, 11 and, and 6. Jordan Johnson had 14, 7 and 11. Oh, Malcolm as well, 15, hit some shots. Yeah, I, don't be, I, mean, I, I don't want to be, uh, but Johnson showed more than he had showed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it was against Newcastle's defense. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 11 and 6 in a 95 point game. Yeah, know, yeah, so I suppose. He, he just but, looked like he. He looked like he belonged out there. Yeah, yeah I get yeah, it. Yeah. But he's not, I'm not sure what he is. I'm not sure if he's a five or a four. Um, and if he's a five, they don't need him because they've got Fraser and then Jack Domney's not playing. Although they haven't got Fraser now, so that's going to change. Mm. Um, if he's a four, he should be playing more four, but he wasn't. They didn't have Hillsman who was playing the four. And Gareth didn't play. They basically let Fraser Malcolm play. Mm. And that's a tough, I mean, it's tough. Um, but mm. somewhere they got to draw a line in the sand. 
um, Glasgow and they've got to restart the whole season and, and, and restart it for the next two months and create manageable targets for themselves. And um, they didn't do that tonight either. So no. when, when's it going to happen, I don't know. Let's get on to the uh, least dramatic game of the evening on Friday. Leicester Riders 90, Sheffield Sharks 77. No more Walker for the Leicester Riders. Um, Jackson with nine early points for Leicester. They jumped out to a 15-8 start after five minutes and were, were, were looking pretty good. But Sheffield, second quarter, got a bit of momentum, hit some threes. Wallace Johnson, it was, it was reasonably close in the first half. Yeah, it was interesting. Leicester were interesting because um, they went away from what they normally go, the, the normal kind of set routine coming out the first four or five minutes, and they force-fed Jackson. And Jackson's been a guy all season who you don't actually see. Hmm. You know, he's very effective, but you don't really see him until he's being effective. Well, in this game, they, they threw the ball to him early and often, um, which actually took the ball out of Crandall's hands, and Crandall was very quiet in the first half. Hmm. 2.1 assists. And... Um, I don't know if that was a ploy. The guys in the commentary who I thought did a good job were, were basically, you know, saying that they maybe they looked at a mismatch against Rutinho and they were going at Rutinho, but it kind of changed the, the dynamic of the the Leicester offense throughout the the, the first half. Um, and as a result, you know, Dino got a bit touchy as well. He got a technical, and you know, it just wasn't right. In the meantime, Sheffield have got some kind of guys who. Pleasing much of a technical to be fair. No, it wasn't much of a technical, no. Um, we're going on to your list of ones that probably don't need to be called. That looked like one that didn't need to be called. Was it? I, don't, I can't even remember, to be honest. Was, yeah. it, was it language or was it, was it just... It, it was, yeah, it was just uh, he wasn't happy about not getting a call or something. Didn't It didn't, it felt like not very much. But... Well, they have this, I mean, they have this thing I'll get onto in a minute, which I was going to say, it's about what is visual descent and what isn't yeah, visual. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because... Yeah, yeah. There were twice, there was twice in the second half where I thought actually did a pretty obvious visual descent yeah, and not yeah. getting a call. But you know, I don't know what is a tech and what isn't a tech in those circumstances. Yeah. I, I never, pre, I never used to, never ever prejudge a referee. If someone says something to a ref, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the ref's know. decision. It's the ref's decision as to whether or not it crosses the line or not. Nobody else. Yeah. And you can talk to a ref all day in an appropriate way and not get a technical. Yeah, and the fans yeah. can't understand it because you're totally in the ref's ear. Um, and you think, why well, he's constantly talking to him. But if you're talking appropriately, it's fine. But if you know yeah. there's a line across the line, you get a text. But anyway, so but it was, there was an element of frustration from him. And also, Sheffield have got these guys who are um, kind of pleasingly keen to get under people's skins. Yeah, yeah. Wallace in particular is, you know, I've talked about him already. You know, he has a, a presence about him, which is really, I don't really give a damn, to use a phrase which I can yeah. use on, on, on the appropriate, for all the under 15s watching, the, uh, watching this. There were a few and there are, I hope, very, very few. Because I think there are very, very few. <laughs> He's getting himself a life, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, but for, for anybody in the PG, you know, I don't give a damn, that type of thing. Uh, you know, and, and I know, you know, Rod Glasgow doesn't really take a backward step. He's, he's mm. quite... He's not, he's not in your face, but he's also, you know, he's got a bit of faceness about him. And Johnson's got, Johnson's an irrational, the new guy, Antoine Johnson, he's, it looks to me like an irrational confidence guy. Mm. It's just basically, I can make any shot you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has that in his mindset and he's coming in and he's good in a way and he had 25 in this game. So, you know, they're, they're kind of a team which is developing a little bit of bravado. Mm. They didn't, and, and to a certain degree, Atiba is, um, is letting them and is kind of happy to run with those small lineups. And at one point, he even had Kipper Nichols playing the five in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, and then all the big guys weren't, weren't on the court. So I think that kind of 
tetchiness of the, the Sheffield team. I think the fact that the, they, they actually seem to have a plan to defend Gino and they were primarily sending him left off the screen, which I think is, if that's what they were trying to do, is the right thing to do. I'm not sure if it is what they're trying to do. but um, And it just kind of meant that um, the game stayed tight. And, and yeah. you know, Leicester, the thing is, Leicester's wings are becoming ever more confident, Whelan, Jackson, etc. They're now beginning to come into their own as well. And, um, you know, they're, they're scoring the ball so efficiently that even when not all cylinders are firing, um, they, um, Leicester are still good. And Adekoya as well, who who's yeah. demonstrated that and he's... It, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was from those spots. It was tight until the three minutes into the fourth quarter and Adekoya score, Whelan three, Loving score, and suddenly Leicester lead by nine with three minutes to go. Yeah, and they kind of stifled them a little bit. Um, I thought what was interesting was that, you know, Rob stayed with Adekoya, didn't come back with Nelson Henry. Um, Adekoya is a small ball five. That's his best spot. He can play the four. He's, you know, he's a, but in this game, Loving played 40 minutes, you know, yeah, because it was did, short. Yeah. So, so he's basically Adekoya is playing the small ball five. And, be, and he has, the thing with being a small ball five is you, kind of the Draymond Green kind of position is that you have to be strong enough to defend bigger guys, but you also have to be, you 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 have to be quick enough to attack them, yeah. And so you have, so you, so that it helps kind of have someone six 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 seven, strong upper body but quick feet and ability to knock down shots. That makes him a perfect small ball five. And they kept him in the game ahead of Nelson Henry, so he's the third choice five behind Nelson Henry Walker. And his defense and none of Sheffield's bigs could 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 impact him. And so it as I say, a team ends up playing all the small guys primarily. Um, and Sheffield just. Kind of, it wasn't it was it wasn't really one play any one specific play they just kind of ran out of offense a little bit, mm. um, and maybe Leicester's discipline defensively helped them. You know, Crandall got going a little bit, which made made a few plays at the other end, got some shots, and um, as you say, at that point, the kind of the game disappeared without you. Yeah. It was yeah. decided without you realizing it was being decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, was, there was there was a bit of a nothingness uh, between uh, Crandall and Crandall Warren was. with 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 again it was another one on a timeout because the T-Bird comes out to say something yeah. and then Rob comes out to say something. Coaches yeah. are allowed on the court, but the rule is they're supposed to be de-escalating things. Yeah, whether, whether <laughs> yeah. they were de-escalating, I'm not quite oh, they sure. Don't uh, the, the, but it was one of them where. Gee, they're walking by each other, and Gina's got his arms up, and then he put um, oh, was Wallace a bit puts a, his arms up. There was a, just a bit, a bit of macho. Jesus was a bit of macho, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what it was. And, it's um, one of them, the referees can just say, oh, sit down, fellas, and whatever. But they chose yeah. to tee them up, and of course, because Gino had got the technical in the first half, he's he's out of the game on, on two I mean, it's, Yeah, it is, I mean, the, the intriguing thing about that isn't about... Gino, because he's been here long enough now that we kind of know what gets him ticking. Mm. I think, you know, this time last year, I was speculating about it. Yeah. This time this year, we know, you know, that there are times he can get a bit touchy. There are times he can take over games. You know, he, he needs to be, um, he's one of these guys who needs to be fully involved in, in, and impacting things that is going on. And he also has, like all um, great players, certainly in our league, he has the ability to have a running dialogue with the referees mm. in a way that the referees don't immediately um, take against. Mm. Right? And that's, that's a real skill. 
Mm. Right, to have that to be able to do that. And you'll see it with some a lot of the guys, you'll see it with a lot of the better players who've been here for longer, they've kind of figured out you know what you can say to the refs, how you can just sidle up to them and, and say to me, call them by the first names, mm. all the tricks in the book. You know, you, you got yeah. Um the interesting thing is Wallace, because Wallace hasn't been here for any of that, right? Mm. You know, and, you know, he's, 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 and this is why I'm interested in him because he's not a back, he's a guy who doesn't seem to want to back down to anybody, you know, and, you know, it's easy to come into a league and, you know, all the Americans are quite, can be quite friendly and, you know, talk to each other off the court and be deferential to each other on the court and all this stuff. And, and all the, you know, all the, the Corinthian fans love the fact that there's all this respect and all that. But in reality, these are guys you're trying to beat, mm. you know, and, and there's a time where you've got to stand up to them. You know, if this guy is the best player and this guy is leading and this guy is talking the whole game and this guy is acting on the court like he is the best player in the league. If you want to be better than that, you want to send a message to say, look, we're here with you. You don't, you don't take a backward step. So the interesting thing for me about that was that Wallace just didn't continue to walk to the yeah. bench. His yeah. team's losing, they're down by 10, the game is over, but he was like, no, I'm here. Yeah. Right? Now, whether he's right or wrong, as you say, in reality, it's, it's insignificant. The game is over mm. um, in, in all terms. Um, statistically, it's insignificant um, to the fans. It just looks a bit, it looks like a bit of nonsense. Um, but in relation to the psychology of players and in the separate and in, in, in different types of injury players, and that's exactly why, just so we're clear, this is why this important stuff, because that's why Atiba comes on the court, because Atiba's defending his guy. Mm. That's why Rob runs 30, 30 feet, 40 feet to get there to defend his guy. Mm. Because right? those, and just like I was saying about Andreas before, those players need to know that their coach isn't just going to say the right thing, but their coach is, is going to have their backs, right? And he is on their side because that's what makes players want to play for people. Mm. And um, so all of that stuff, it's like a mini drama. It's like, you know, a mini, a mini Othello or Hamlet or something like that. It's all going on. It all has meaning. It doesn't to the game, doesn't to the to people who are watching, and, and it might just look like a couple of spoiled brats just being silly, right? But it has meaning, and I, I'm intrigued. And so when people look at that stuff, just, just have a think about it and just think, what are these players trying to accomplish? And what are they, where are they in their careers? Where are they in their positions on the team? Are they the leader of their team? Are they trying to assert themselves within their team? You know, and because that, that carries forward. So that will be remembered, those two. will rem Then they will play each other again, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that will be remembered. Loving with 23 points, as you say, played all 40 minutes, uh, which doesn't happen often for a Leicester player. Uh, Whelan with 17, Crandall 15 and 4. Not a lot off the bench for Leicester, just 12 points. Um, Johnson did give uh, a lot for Sheffield off the bench, 25 points, 7 uh, rebounds, 8 of 12 uh, shooting. Nichols 12, Rutino 12, they killed them on the board, 35-19, Sheffield won there. Loving is um, loving has really stepped up his um, production and his responsibility within the team. Mm. It's almost like he's figured out now that actually he is one of the main guys. Where initially he, he probably beginning of the season he was kind of finding his way. Um, he's, he's he's expanded his game a little bit. He's a little bit more off the dribble. He's a little bit more kind of cutting the spots to rise up and shoot it. He is. He's, every time I watch him, I see Scott Martin. In, in, in his in his game, in the way that he moves, in the way that he plays, I think um, he has to be right on the top of the scouting report for Leicester at the moment. Mm. If you if you're playing against him, because he's he's just so efficient, so sound, so sound a player. Let's move to Saturday night. Surrey Scorchers sixty-two, Cheshire Phoenix ninety. No Jules Dangakodo, Martel McLemore, Legend uh, Robertin. 
Um, Surrey signed a ringer and he didn't play, which was a bit disappointing. But here's my question, right? Yeah. I mean, could uh, what I was I was looking at, and I was thinking, could Plymouth have not signed him a decade ago? And do you know why I was thinking that? Why is that? Because he would have been a real Des Ringer for love. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. R.I.P. Meet, R.I.P. Jim. Shares still around. Oh, we might really... need to just shut down the whole show after that. Um, let's, yeah, uh, I don't know how to pick back up from that. Uh, ben Mockford was back. Niall did a great job on comms. Good job, Niall. He was fantastic. It was the, best of, it was the most sense I've heard out of him all year. Oh, yeah. He's going to kill me now. Um, yeah. Henry Wilkins also uh, signed for Surrey, and he's obviously been watching them closely because he played one minute and 12 seconds and picked up an ankle injury. Mm -hmm. So he fits right in with the with the team. Hopefully mm -hmm. that's not too serious because they've had an absolutely unbelievable time with injuries uh, this year. Motford back for uh, Cheshire. This was a contest for about seven or eight minutes, and then Knicks went on a 13-0 a run, and it's 32-18, and... Um, and 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 that's that's basically it. Yeah, it's, Cheshire I mean, got it's difference between say anything, as you said, like you said last week with with Surrey, they've got so little to work with at the minute. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a balanced Cheshire roster against an unbalanced Surrey roster, and it was an unbalanced. As I say, you know, you know, three injuries stuffs you, four injuries kills you, um, and you know, it was it's, it's very difficult for them to do it. They they, they continue they continue to play um, harder than they were before Christmas. Um, I'm, I continue to be frustrated by Stanley Davis making a fantastic play, getting fouled, making the basket, fletching his muscles, waving at the crowd, and then missing the foul shot. Mm -hmm. That is really winding me up. Um, you know, almost to the point whereby it's like Stan, Stanley, just make the foul shot first, then do whatever you want. You know, um, Hamrick is kind of in and out a little bit. He's, you know, I, I would expect him almost in that team to be a forty-minute guy. Yeah, he's you kind of playing minutes here and there, um, but. You know, Cheshire just got Cheshire got two healthy six nine six ten guys in Ocherobia and Dickerson. They got a stretch. They got an athletic guard. They got a point guard who's handling the play. They got two BBL wings in Wright and Carey, and they got Mockford who's a shooter. You know, that's a sort. That's all you need. They had eleven at the beginning of the season. They've got eight now, and they're far better for it. Mm. And um, they're confident. So um, yeah, there's very little. Again, it's until sorry, you know, get the ringer in. Yeah. Um, and have a shot at, you know, at least, at the very least, have a shot at getting some of these guys back on court. Um, they're not going to, it's going to be the same. Story, that competitive, you know, so, because there's, no, there's nobody else in the league that you look at who's, who's having the same problems as them. No. It stayed in the teens until Mockford hit a Florida threes in the, in the fourth quarter and pulled it out to 30. Uh, Davis. Davis with 21 points, 8 of 14 shooting. Thomas, uh, slightly less efficient, 11 points, 3 of 11 shooting. They were 22 of 59 overall. Uh, Austin, who was in the starting lineup, 17.7 uh, rebounds, 9 assists. Moxford, those flurry of late threes, took him to 17. He was 5 of 8 for 3. Dickerson, um, 16 of 10. Bradley, 15. Uh, bench points, 41 to 2. Yeah, well, there you go. Bang. Um, yeah. Bang goes the story. Dickerson's, Dickerson's interesting because he's a, he may be the primary shot blocker in the league now, um, looking, at the, looking at the various teams in the league. Mm. He has longer than people think. He challenges shots at the rim, when, and when he's vertical, when he stays vertical, 
um, the, and you can use them in kind of short minute spells whereby it doesn't matter if he fouls out because you've got Ocherobia to, to do a lot of those minutes as well. Um, I like the way he's being used at the moment. I think he's becoming more confident and um, he may be a, a plus for them going forward. So let's go to the trophy semi-final first leg down in Bristol where it finished Flyers 61, London Lions 81. Um, Shane Walker suited up but didn't play. There was no Andreas Campoulis either. I didn't find out why at all. Um, afterwards, I think um, Nick, uh, um, the assistant coach, said that he was sick before the game. So okay. Didn't, didn't. This I didn't think this was tremendous uh, scheduling in the first place to put a uh, trophy first leg semi-final on the back of uh, uh, a double header where you've been down to Plymouth, which is still a couple of hours from uh, from Bristol. Um, but on the back of back of the double overtime game where five players have played the last um, what was it twenty two minutes without substitution, um, this probably couldn't have come at a worse time for for Bristol. I think this is this is I get frustrated by the scheduling in this situation. I always used to when we were involved in 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 games and as, as kind of a the observer and, and kind of separating yourself, you kind of think, well hang on, this isn't this really isn't right. You know, you know, this is a cup competition or a trophy competition. And you know, can we not arrange in, in the cup semifinals, for instance, there is a there's a weekend set aside. Cup quarterfinals is a weekend set aside. That doesn't happen in the trophy. Mm. Um, so in the cup, it, it, there's no chance of this happening, but in the trophy, there is. Uh, I mean, so I used to always whinge about it. Um, my head coach always used to use it as, as motivation to say, oh, they're out to get us or something, so we're going to show up and we're going to win, you know? But I was I was far more rational. It's like, no, it doesn't, you might be motivated, but your head might be motivated, but your legs aren't moving as fast, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think but that presumably the, this is their home game, so presumably they pick that date and put they, it forward. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe it's what they what they had, you know, because I know that obviously there's no there's a international break coming up as well, isn't there? Yeah, so, yeah. Who knows? Which obviously uh, affects them with their coach, with their coach as well. Um, albeit, Mr. Putin might have something to say about that. Well, there is um, that. Yeah, at this point in time, the. Um, yeah, so so that is frustrating because you know it's not a, it's not a level playing field. Um, London, I thought London are playing. The, I'm I'm trying to figure London out. I think they're playing the long game. I hope they are. I'm not sure that. I think they also need to be playing the short game a little bit more. But you know they're winning, so so be it. What I mean by the long game is you know they played ten guys, ten players in the first half, and the minutes were, you know, everybody came in, everybody played a bit. We're still starting Ryan Martin, who's not really ready to play at this point. Um, hasn't played for three years. We pointed out last year. He's got a you know, BBL body, BBL skill set, BBL player. No question about that. He can be a good BBL player. Um, but, you know, he's, he hasn't played. Mm. You, you know, you know, and you have to get into game shape. You have to get your mental shape. You have to get with your teammates. But they're starting him, which suggests that they're really trying to blend it, kind of fast track, blending him in and getting him up to speed. Mm. Hoping, to try, hoping to try and win games along the way. Um, you know, I'll be, uh, it still it, it confuses me a little bit to see him playing 20 odd minutes and Will Neighbor playing like seven or eight minutes. And, mm. You know, that is, you know, slightly weird because Will Neighbor's been there all year. And I thought in the first half, they were, they, they kind of got in their own way, London. I was waiting for them to think, hang on, you know, this is your chance to win this game by 30 and put this mm. away. 
you got a team who are already on the ropes. You know, you come in here and outside of Dirk, there wasn't really anybody who seemed to be particularly urgent about, you know, providing the knockout blow. Mm. And um, eventually, though, say the long game within this game worked because in the fourth quarter they got away and they 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 they, they wore them down with the no doubt with all the bench playing all those minutes. Um, but I would like to have seen them kind of go for the jugular a little bit earlier. Mm. Um, Bristol, Bristol played hard. You know, they really did. They, you know, they just don't. They, they just really struggle for um, offense. We've talked about this before. Um, with their full lineup in without Miller, they're still they're they're an American short. They're a, they're a scorer short. Yeah, one of their Brits are real are real scorers. What you would call scorers. Um, they all have parts of the game. They all can score. Um, but um, you know they, they just played hard, but they, they they couldn't get enough. And I thought they got frustrated at the end. Yeah. Uh, so and, just yeah. before, let me just run through, and we'll we'll get to that bit because um, we spent a long time on Bristol earlier as well. Yeah. So um, Lions got up seven or eight in the in the first quarter flyers had a nine one run just before halftime to cut it to two and then ward hibbert with a four point play made it a five point game at halftime they got straight into double figures early in the third quarter but the flyers were kind of hanging on um and they were only down seven going into the fourth quarter and then as you say i it's hard for me to say this because i'm not computing the physical of what it what yeah. the night before took out and but I thought they kind of just lost the tie by not playing sent not playing not playing aggregate basketball or not playing in that scenario because again I watch I do a lot of um European basketball which obviously is in little mini groups so they always count the head to head so they always play with the points difference in mind yeah when they play each other even though it's not an aggregate game is played like an ad- aggregate game. And I thought this was played like a league game where it's got away from us now. Let's try and find a 20 point shot to get back. I into thought there were, three, there were three or four possessions in the fourth quarter where they went quicker than they should have. Mm. And, they made, and they had some misreads. There's once Evans cut and tried to throw Jacob to Jacob at the 3.9 and Jacob's already cut into the rim and they miss him. But what I will say is that even in aggregate basketball, you've got to be able to score. And yeah. the reality was, if you look at a lot of their shots in the fourth quarter, they were short. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, is, fatigue. Little, which is fatigue. You know, every, you know, they were pulling up. You know, if Evans comes off a screen and somebody got, somebody's in drop coverage, uh, and the big's under the rim in drop coverage, and he has to pull up and shoot that shot. Mm. But if he's not, you know, but if he's, you know, even on the second level back to back, no matter what happened the night before, he doesn't make it. The problem with London is London run. Yeah. London can get out on you and score at the other yeah. end. And then on top of that, you have the silent killer, who's Kajini. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's kind of a Latinovich style, just just close your, you could close his eyes and make it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. You know, you get the feeling he'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning, mm. go out in the yard and chuck it in. You know, he's just yeah. absolutely, um, probably one of the one of the best pure shooters we've we've seen here in a long, long time. Um, and he had seventeen points in twenty minutes, and those points kill you. Yeah. You know, those points, five of eight from three. You know, those points absolutely kill you because you're looking at Reese and you're looking at Dirk and you're looking at taking the lob away from Kyle. And actually, in the fourth quarter, Washburn pulls, starts knocking down threes, and then yeah. Kajini comes off the bench. You forget about him. He's got. He's only going here for one, seventeen points. You know, you, it's going to be a struggle to beat London if you don't score eighty-five points yeah. in the game. 
It is, yeah. And and, and Reese Reese actually was had a four of thirteen shooting night, so that that's the night, isn't it? Yeah, he he. Oh, I was looking at him in the first half and thinking he's got first leg itis, yeah. which was uh, well, whatever happens, we're going to beat them at home. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. that was just in, just in his body language, it just looked a bit. And kind of our side of my side of first leg itis is always we're going to crush you, so we don't have to worry about playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. and he, that wasn't to be fair. Players and coaches often think a little bit differently, and then that yeah. was probably um, probably why. But uh, no, it's progress for London. Um, they are building gradually. I think they got Plymouth twice this week, coming up this week. Um, if they're able to knock those two games off, get another week into Martin's legs, and keep everybody healthy and keep everybody happy. And what they are doing, it appears, is that they're they are focusing a little bit more on kind of the energy, kind of throwing using all the bodies that they have, through it, you know, rotating them in and out, focusing on their kind of the, the defensive side of it and hoping that the offense will find itself. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised Dre Lockhart came in with a minute and a half to go. Because I think like mm-hmm. you know, because I think Bristol went in a six-or run and um and then yeah. um I thought that was a bit unfair on Dre. He played three minutes the whole game and then you put yeah, him in a minute yeah. and off the go. And again, yeah. it's that it's it's the points difference thing. And I know what you're banging on about six points, six points when you're already up 20. Um, but again, even the last play drove me nuts. Uh, I forget who it was. Was it Jacob? Somebody drove to the basket way too quickly. Too early. Kajini. Scored. And then Kajini comes down the other end and hits a three. So at best case scenario, you've lost a point there. And in reality, you've probably lost three because if you'd done that basket at the end of the buzzer, you'd have been, you'd have taken the two off the lead anyway. No, no, but it it does make a difference because here's the thing, you know, if you're about 23 with a minute and a half to go. Now, Mm. let's forget this is London and Bristol, right? Mm. Forget it's London, Bristol, London, all London's talent, the fact that Bristol are struggling a bit for bodies, et cetera. It could be any two teams. You're at 23. You go on a six-hour run, you're at 29. Mm. Game is basically done. Right? Basically. Tough. I don't think anyone's ever come back from 29. No. Nobody's um, come back from 20, to be fair. But Yeah, well, we nearly got beat by 24. Yeah, I don't go into 24. <laughs> that was in the playoff semi-final. Um, but 20, you know, you know, 29 is done. 17 is not done, mm. you know, and so that minute and a half, that six nil, six nil the other way, it does make a difference. But you know, I mean, the reality is, we all know it is done. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, because of the the, the disparity and the the talent that um, London have, just to just about everybody else in the league apart from Leicester. So Del Pesh with 20 points, nine rebounds, Evans uh, 15, but five of 17 shooting, one of eight from three point range. Nobody else in double figures, eight points off if, the bench. Um, if the league had the most improved player, I think I've previously touted Thomas Edwards for it, mm. but um, I don't think Dal Pesh would technically count because he left last year. Yeah, yeah. Certainly has improved since he was gone. Last, he, yeah. He's having a really exceptional season. He should get credit for that. Dirk Williams, 19 points and uh, and eight uh, rebounds. Kajini, we've talked about his numbers. Uh, Reese didn't shoot well, but had 14 assists. Uh, to go with this, yeah, so, yeah, so you see, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Because you think, oh, well, you know, Fletcher had a quiet game, then you look at the stats, we've got 15 yeah, yeah. 15. you yeah, think, yeah. Reese, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm talking about Reese, he doesn't seem, he seem that fussed, he's got 14 assists, yeah, yeah, and yeah. these guys are seriously good. Mm. Um, and you know, it's a bit much for me to sit here and judging them and <laughs> when, when they're putting up numbers like that at the end of the game, you know. So let's go to today's games Cheshire Phoenix 80, Plymouth City Patriots 77. This was the game of the two form teams in the league. 
Um, yeah. No yeah. Kofi Josephs for the Phoenix. Ubiara, I think, got injured in the warm-up. He was in the original starting lineup, and I only just turned on and I heard something in the commentary that suggested he got injured. So they had a bit of a weird starting lineup, I thought, Plymouth, compared to what they, uh, well, this what they would normally have. Yeah, LV, uh, sure. but they had LVC, Williams, Joe Hart, Hassan, and somebody else. Are they Connolly? No, no, it's Cam King. Cam King. Cam King, of course, yeah. 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 Oh, well, obviously, Dusha is probably the one that you would bring here. Just change things a little bit. It makes Williams yeah. a bit of a, more of a scorer from the, from yeah. the path. Um, it was um, oh, it was a fun game, this was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's got loud in there. I mean, we had the advantage of not just hearing the commentator, but also hearing half the crowd. Yeah. Uh, um, most of whom were dissatisfied with the... Officiating. Officiating. <laughs> the, the, um, it is, you know, I've said before, it is loud in there. It's a good, yeah. uh, good environment in there. It's, yeah. you know, Northgate was loud, but I think Ellesmere Port is a little bit louder, actually. Mm. Maybe the acoustics in there or something. I mean, mm. yeah, I don't know. Um, and, um, you know, and the, and the fans get behind their team and they were in the game. Mm. They also do a hell of a good job of taping up all the lines on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if anybody ever does not an easy job in that brown no. tape, it's yeah, used yeah. probably more so at Ellesmere Port than anywhere else anywhere in the league. Else, credit, yeah. credit to the um, the court staff for that. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun game because Plymouth have a swagger, right? Mm. And at the moment, they had it. This is kind of what happened last year as well. If you remember, we, we talked last year about Plymouth kind of once they got good, they were PJ was having them play on the edge. He was happy to to kind of let them go and let them be loud and 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 kind of talk a bit and get in people's faces. And he would every so often he would pull them back a little bit, mm. but he was happy for them to have that kind of disruptor, um, aggrav, agitator mentality. And they've, they're having that. They've got that again. We know Williams is. Williams is a is a is a live wire. Yeah, you know, on and on and I think potentially off the court as well. Then you have um, kind of the 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 more controlled guys like Joe and Raul Graham, and and then the emotional guys. Obviously, you got Kofi, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, and um, because of that, the teams with swagger tend to be almost have. Um, Irrational self-belief, mm. which can carry you a long way. And I yeah, think that's yeah. I think that's fair, the way they've been playing the last few weeks, it's probably rational self-belief right now as well. I think I think it is, yeah, that's probably fair. But what I mean, what I will say is they won a lot of very close games. Yeah. You know, if you win game by a point here or a point there. So you can get a little bit more, you know, it's what I was saying about Williams before, you know, in the game against Manchester, he makes a, the, the walk-off shot. In the game against Bristol, he shoots three or more of them, and they don't go in. Yeah. So, I think that I'm not entirely sold on them at the moment. I'm not entirely sold on them, but what they've got is carrying them forwards, and it's very useful for them. It's very helpful for them. And they played this game like it didn't really matter that they didn't have, you know, um, Ubiaro or Kofi Josephs playing, and mm. um, because the unit that they've got is clearly enjoying playing with each other, uh, as has has a bit of togetherness about them which is kind of carrying them forwards. Now, Cheshire, on the other hand, are exactly the same mm. because they've got this guy, Larry Austin, who's an absolute um, jetpack of a player. He's, he's your, your lighter fuel, you know, and he's flying around the court, stealing, attacking, clenching, you know, you know, 
um, whatever it is, muscling, I don't know what you call that. Um, showing flexing. Don't, don't, flexing, that's the one. I never got the flex. Mm. Uh, I was jealous about that. No, no, I never got the flex. Um, he's doing that. And then you've got your, your solid guard. You've got your solid guys like Teddy and Mike Otcherubia. And you've got Dickerson blocking stuff, Kyle Carey flying around, and name on right being name on right, you know? So... So the whole game was kind of lined up, and it went back and forwards. Yeah. Um, offensively, with both teams um, scoring the ball quite well in the first half. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bradley and Wright some threes. They got out to a to an eight point lead, and then Plymouth had a twenty to four run that gave them an an eight point lead. And Carey makes a a three. It's a five point game at half time, and then it was a bit more of the same in the in the in the second half. And then uh, it looked like Plymouth were starting to get. A handle on it but then Austin pulled them back into it 340 to go in the fourth quarter Hassan got his fourth foul and then a technical foul and that was his fifth foul so he he goes out of the game he, they make a couple of the three throws uh, so it's down to a, a three-point game and then Bradley ties it up with a corner three at 70 yeah, 74. Uh, this, this basketball karma bloke that we talk about every week Here's me saying Hassan should have had two technicals on yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday night, and he and he ends up getting one for probably an off word with the referee yeah, yeah. on Sunday. You know, so I didn't, you know, I didn't say much, you know, but he must have said something he's not allowed to say. So he felt so. You know, as I say, these things, nothing ever happens in, in isolation. You know, nothing yeah, ever happens yeah. in isolation, and that's the kind of the fun of doing this podcast. Actually, is that trying to kind of blend things together, so mm. you know, so you can get people can see what's going on from game to game. Um, there was, I mean, I've got this one slightly, you know, not humorous, but unfortunate situation where um, Noah Dickinson, Noah Dickinson fouled, I think, um, Raul Graham with his private parts in the third quarter and got called for a blocking foul after getting a knee to the groin, which I thought was, was a pretty egregious call, pretty unfair. One ref called a charge, the other one called a block. Not quite sure how you block anybody with that part of your body, but there you go. Um, so he was rolling around on the floor for a while, did a jaw route, you know? And um, and then, yeah, and then basically what happened was they got a bit Plymouth, and then Larry Austin took over. Mm. He took over, actually, not with where he's been doing it, which has been going full court, but he took over with his offensive rebounding mm. and his aggression and his mentality, and it was kind of one of those kind of refuse-to-lose games. And it was quite kind of enjoying watching it because it, most games you get an idea who's going to win quite early on. Mm. It always worked like that, but you, you see the flow of the game. The more games you watch, the more kind of you start judging stuff. This game, I didn't have a clue who was going to win um, all the way through. And um, it was Raul Graham again made a couple of massive shots and got yeah, a couple yeah. of massive yeah, rebounds. Yeah. You know, the more you, you know, he is a real connector. In relation to, to winning basketball, you can see it. You know, it's not by chance that he when he, he's playing at the end and they're, they're winning, and he's in, to the point whereby when he shot the last one, I thought it would be going in. Um, and he made some shots, but Austin and Bradley, uh, uh, primarily Austin, working on the offensive glass. And the other thing was at the beginning of the fourth quarter, because Bradley got his four fouls, and Ben went with Dickerson and Ocherobia together, which I don't like. Mm. As, a, as a rule, because the spacing is, is shot, but it doesn't half make them a tough offensive rebounding team. Mm. And it's all, so Otsurobia's taking up space, Dickerson's taking up space, and then Austin comes in and puts his body in there and, and you know and gets rebounds as well. And um, Bradley didn't come back in until the three-minute mark, I think. And when yeah. he comes back in, obviously Plymouth are used to guarding 
the um the big guys. Yeah. And so he's having down the three point line. There and he's hitting the three, yeah. The three and the game's tied. And it, it was it was a little bit uh it was a little bit tense in the last last couple of minutes. There was there was missed free throws, 24 second violations, uh fouls on offensive rebounds and all sorts of things going on. And we get to um 48 seconds to go. It's a tied game, 77 a piece and it almost looked like they were going to get another 24 second violation um with teddy he sort of got inside was yeah. dribbling trying to find some room to get a shot away um got it away the implication on the commentary was that it didn't hit the ring but austin got it back up in time i thought it might have nicked the ring as well but I, thought, I, I wasn't I, know, I was listening to the commentary at that point but i didn't see a violation when i was watching it yeah Either way, he, either way it goes in, in in time. Austin puts it in and uh, gives them a two-point lead. Um, and and Dusha comes down, fires up a three, misses that, and, and Teddy gets the rebound. Look. I mean, it was a good look. It was a good look. It was, it was a kick-out yeah. kick three. He made one on um, Friday night to win yeah. the game, or to tie the game, which led them to win the game. And, you know, it was a good you know, I'm sure PJ would have took that shot to win yeah, the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was pretty disappointed with Cheshire's defense that he got that shot, to be honest, because again, you're up by two, you know. Yeah. <laughs> by two, don't give up. Don't that give up a three. And the then game. you think you think Teddy will go finish the game off here from the free throw line, but he but he missed the second foul shot. So they've got three points. Graham Bell. Um, the other thing about him is the, the size of him. He's a, pulls the rebound in, but he's still comfortable dribbling it down court and and I mean, the, the shot was... Uh, he had two seconds too few, yeah, didn't he? To yeah, be honest. Yeah. It, was, it was more of a, more of a launch than a yeah. shot. Um, he didn't get... He had, because he was hurried by it. And he was... You know, he's, he's a guy who primarily... He, he, he can dribble a basketball, but he makes his plays off footwork, off catch and shoot, you know, off getting himself set. So he's... That's probably the shot you want Kofi shooting, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know... Cheshire keep winning, you know, good yeah. for them. They're, yeah. they're on that little roll. They've sorted the lineups out. Um, they've got enough. They've got kind of that combination of stabilizers and um, I'm not stabilizers and aggressors on their team. You know, the aggressors are generally the Americans and Dickerson and um, Austin, and the um, stabilizers are um, you know Okrafor and Ocherobia, mm. um, and everybody else fits around them. So, you know, no, no, they're you know. Even the game they lost, they lost against Leicester. You know they played them tough for two and a half quarters, and then just lost their heads. So they've they've got they've got a good thing going. But yeah. in the BBL, once you get a good thing going for too long, you start believing you've got a good thing going. When yeah. you believe a good thing going, then that's it when it stops being a good thing anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I've managed not to note down any of the uh, scorers here, so you'll have to go look on live stats and yeah. see who, who who scored on that. Let's get to the last game, and you you just said in the Cheshire one, you didn't know which way. The result was going on that one. This one you did pretty, pretty early on. Uh, Glasgow Rocks seventy-six, Leicester Riders one hundred and five. No Hillsman for the Rocks. No Mo Walker for Leicester. No Gino Crandall either for Leicester. His partner is uh, is is about to have a baby, so uh, he didn't go to Glasgow. Uh, so Connor yeah, Washington he, starts. It's been a Friday as well. <laughs> you can yeah. be a bit touchier when you're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no commentary either. What happened? I thought we got the commentary uh, back in Glasgow. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm going to give a shout out here. I got told off on Friday night. Yeah. I got told off by Johnny Bunyan, who said, I must never, ever compliment his father. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
So, you know, so when I said then John Bunyan Senior yeah, exude yeah, basketball yeah. wisdom, apparently yeah, I think yeah. that may have been used yeah, in yeah. the Bunyan household. So, <laughs> I will, so that's probably why he's been taken off air yeah, to yeah. make sure his dad doesn't get the airs in the <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I, I, I put out on Twitter, Johnson got a couple of early fouls, which probably doesn't help the Rocks in this situation. Um, Jordan Johnson. Um, what what probably hurt them a little bit more was giving Leicester basically 10 open three-pointers in the first quarter, and Leicester hit five of them. Um, well, Leicester are shooting the ball well. They don't even have to be open to make them. I mean, Pat Whelan made a couple of... A couple of the thing that was interesting for me... Um, uh, um, Watching Leicester, I mean, obviously Glasgow's defence is awful and their commitment to it was even worse. And to be honest, what Leicester did to them is what Newcastle would have done to them last week, having scored 39 in the first half of Newcastle, were able to maintain the level of intensity and, and, and ethic and defensive ethic that Leicester had. Because you know, mm. they were down, you know, they gave up 40 against Newcastle in the first quarter but mm. last week. Um, so it's not like it's not been coming. Um, they, they looked... Um, it's harsh, but you know, pretty shambolic at times in relation to their defense, um, and not at all kind of bought in. And I don't know if Gareth's in the, in the in the position whereby he's he's giving them all those players enough rope to hang themselves, and that's why he's not playing. You know, I don't know. There's times where he's playing lads. He's playing Murray Hendry, you know, a little bit. Fraser Markman a little bit. By the way, Friday night at the Sky game, I forgot to mention that you, you know, that Roa managed to butcher Fraser yeah, Malcolm, didn't he? It's his it Malcolm Henry at just, one point, yeah. 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 Uh, geez, I mean, Drew had no, no, it was Drew who Drew got that the wrong way around. Drew got Murray Henry and Fraser Malcolm confused. Uh, Roe Ro got Malcolm. Well, the Malcolm Henry, then Fraser, Malcolm yeah. Fraser. It's it's yeah, around. Yeah. It's this kryptonite. Oh, oh man, all these little white Scottish dudes look yeah. the same. I mean, there's a bit of reverse racism going on there. Anyway, um, but but you know, so Gareth's not playing. Hillsman's not playing. And Hillsman and Gareth are kind of the two guys who played that spot all season. And the Hillsman's injured, and Gareth's just suited up. So I'm not sure why Gareth's not playing, other than the fact that he's he's trying to send some form of message to the team, but it's. It's not really working. Um, the thing that was interesting about Leicester was um, that the ball popped a little bit more um, without Gino, as it's going to, because Gino's a ball-dominant guard, whereas Connor really isn't a ball-dominant guard. Connor's kind of a half-a-shooting guard. He's a point guard and half-a-shooting guard, you know? Um, and that meant the ball moved a little bit more um, earlier, which meant that the guys got touches earlier. It was less kind of the, the crown on Nelson Henry pick and roll, which is what you need when the games get tough and tight. But it was everybody got kind of to feel good early and got good got shots up. Um, to the point I've seen Gino's already tweeted something tonight on the lines yeah, of am I the problem? I'm the problem. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, you're not. You know, I think he knows fine well what's yeah. going on. The reality is he's not the problem, he's he, he is the solution. But in certain circumstances, as I say, you know, if you it changes the way the team plays because because he's more ball dominant, he's more, you know, the call he's he, the, the alliterative nickname, the general, actually kind of applies to him because that's um, that's that's how he runs the game. Well, Connor's not like that, and the ball moved, and 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 um, basically, Glasgow didn't try and defend them. Yeah. I mean, uh, you see, that sounds harsh. They didn't, I mean, didn't try though. They're there, but being there isn't defense. Yeah. There was one point in the four, in the second quarter where Darren Nelson Henry, I think it might have been off, a, off an offensive rebound. Was quadruple teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. We saw that. There was four of yeah, them around four him. Four of them around him. 
And he threw the ball out to Connor Washington yeah. for the other three. And he had three other traces. So if you're going to quadruple team somebody, you darn well better get the ball. You know? And I was looking at it thinking, what is going on here? And I don't know if it was they got a rebound or a drag to it. But I'm like, and there was another point whereby um, I think there was a triple team and uh, under the basket and Loving was wide open at the top of yeah. the key. And yeah. I'm standing there thinking like, you, can, you know, this is... You know, this is a team that is not on the same, they're not in the same book, let alone on the same page as each other. And um, mentally, they just seem to have absolutely disintegrated mm. because the, the talent is, there is still talent there, you know, um, but they gave up 105, they gave 105 to Leicester a day, but in reality, it could have been 120, yeah. right? They gave up 97 or 97 to Newcastle on Friday yeah. night. They gave up another 95 and 97 to Newcastle last week. You know, um, it's just, it, it, you know, it, there's a level of um, commitment to getting back. Um, there was, I think, at one point, Johnny Bunyan was, you know, Connor Washington went past Johnny Bunyan and he must drill past him from the halfway line and there was no help mm. at any point. To the point whereby Johnny Bunyan committed an unsports night foul. Yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. you know, he's, you know, okay, Connor. There are times when Connor is going to get a step on Johnny Bunyan. That's going to happen. Yeah. But the rest of the team has to be in a position where someone's going to step up and take a charge. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or someone's going to throw. The, you know, or you know, or at least it's got to be some form of strategy to it. Mm. And you know, I thought I thought Gareth was a kind of. He was kind of, on the sideline. He was passive. It almost resigned to it, really. Um, yeah, I don't know if he said all he can say to that, to that group of players, whether there's anything else left to say. Um, because, you know, it, it, it's kind of, I'd say it's kind of, it, it's almost better, it'd be better off getting out of his clothes and getting into a suit and saying, look, it's you lot, don't look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's still one of their better players and he's not playing. So they got a lot to figure out. Um, Leicester, you know, Leicester, we've described them before, they're a bit of a machine. Mm. Um, but they're a machine because they pass the ball well. Yeah. They get back in, you know, they do the basics. They get back in transition. Nelson Henry is critical to that, by the way. He is he is always where he needs to be. Always. And that is such a valuable skill when you're six foot nine. He's always where he needs to be. Um, they clog the lane well. They get out to shoot as well. They get back in transition. They pass the ball to each other well. They play unselfishly. But they can all shoot, mm. you know, and their spacing is generally perfect because they always have a stretch four on the court, whether it's Loving or whether it's even Adekoya or even Jackson. There's always four guys stretching the court and one guy in the middle, so the spacing is harder for people to stop. And I'm afraid um, Glasgow didn't get close to it today. No. Glasgow should have been looking at that when you know, hang on, they haven't got Walker, they haven't got Cranville. We've got if a you're shot. Gonna beat them. This is it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had, they've travelled four hours of it. They've, they've had a night night in Glasgow first. Yeah. But um, what a luxury that is, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we used to have to drive to Bristol. Yeah. Um, but no, they've, they've, game's they've, gone, they've, mate. Game's, game's gone. gone, mate. You know, they don't know how lucky they all are. And they probably had padded seats and shit. Um, sorry, that's just bad language. Sorry, 16 year old turn it off. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all right. Um, but no, I mean, you know, they just, they, they just, they just obliterated them. Yeah. You know, and and that shouldn't be happening. You know, unless you're at full strength, who wear you down, I get. Mm. Um, unless you're at full strength, who drop 68. Unless they're without their two 
two of the let four. Me, let John, me give some of the numbers on the no. on, on the first half. It was 68-37 at half time. <laughs> uh, Leicester were 11 of 19 from three in the first half. 68, by the way, I've got quarter scores going back to 2009. That's Leicester's best in that period. 65 against the Rocks last year uh, was, their, was their previous best. They had four players in double figures at half time. Loving had 15, Washington had 15, Whelan had 17 at half time. And bear in mind, Leicester scored 68 points in the first half. Their average points against per game this season is 68 and a half. So if they went on average, they only needed one point in the second half to win the game. Um, as it happens, Glasgow got to 76, so that will go up with it. Um, and then I, I, I know you said you weren't going to watch the second half, but in the first 30 seconds of the second half, Jordan Johnson went down with what looked like an, uh, an ankle injury, but it was on the widescreen of the key motion. Actually, I did see that because it was half-time, I think, in the other yeah, game. Yeah. And um, I, I, my immediate thought was that he'd done his Achilles. Mm. Um, this way he went down. And obviously, my second immediate thought was, is Robin going to get a technical when you're up by 35? Because he's not playing <laughs> game against um, Yeah, uh, that was my second thought. Um, yeah. And my third thought was, oh, actually, he's getting up, so Robin's probably right to complain yeah. about the game and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, I'm not sure if he's carrying something. I just think he must be. You know, he's just, there's just everything about him seems hampered. So, yeah, so they lost him as well. But to be blunt, what they needed was a bit of effort. Yeah. Was your house guest yeah. watching any of that? I'd love to know. He was. No, I, I didn't I I let him close to that. <laughs> um, On the defence there. Yeah. No, I didn't have let him close. Watched a bit at the end of the Cheshire game, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Harris with 17 and Fraser with 72 rebounds for Fraser. And they were offensively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whelan, 23, 8 of 10, shooting 6 of 7 from three point range. Uh, Loving was four of nine from three for 22 points. Connor Washington, 17, 10, and five. Adekoya was eight for 11, uh, shooting for 18 points. Leicester were 15 of 30 in the end, which, bearing in mind, they were 11 of 19 from uh, halftime. Um, I feel like we've done the longest episode ever here. So We have, yeah, it's great. Yeah, we yeah. eventually hear ball every week, don't we? We do, I yeah. Just don't, I just don't know where Glasgow go. That's the thing. I don't know where Glasgow go. They've got Gareth's not playing, so the players will be looking at him, thinking, "Why is he not playing to help us out with all of this?" It's just weird. I don't know where they're going. Uh, they really got to reset, almost start afresh, and draw a line in the sand and, and start again. Sorry, so but that's in. Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. The longest episode. I've just extended by thirty seconds. Well, I'm just going to run down the league table, so we've we've got that. Leicester top fourteen and one. Cheshire now up to second place with ten wins. Uh, and eight defeats. Amazingly, they've played twice as many games as London. Uh, Sheffield are uh, further two games back. They are eight and six in third. Manchester, eight and seven. Newcastle, eight and eight. Then are London, who are effectively second, but are in, um, what is that, sixth place, six and three. Bristol now down to 500 at six and six. Plymouth, six and ten um so basically they have the same number of losses as glasgow so glasgow would have to win their two games in hand just to draw level with them and um that doesn't look uh terribly likely at the moment they're four and ten and then sorry one and twelve so glasgow in danger of um of, of getting cut away if plymouth can keep going uh, at the rate that they're going yeah, I think they've got two games against London coming up this week, though, so I'm not sure about that. 
Um, with the irrational confidence, they'll, they'll fancy yeah, themselves. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, and, tro- and Glasgow obviously got the trophy, mm. um, which they're still in, bizarrely. Um, so they've got they've got something else. They've got something to focus on. That's the thing. Yeah, they've yeah. Got yeah. yeah. They got, got a hometown final in Glasgow there yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just got to pull. They got to pull it together. You know, I mean, they got Cheshire. They can be, you know, talent-wise, they can match up with Cheshire. Maybe the Fraser is tough, but they can still match up with them. Yeah. Um, but in relation to togetherness and, and competitive spirit, they're, they're miles apart at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Miles apart. Right. We shall leave it there. Um, apologies for it being so long, but blame yeah. blame blame everything that happened at Plymouth there. Yeah, in game one so have a great week everybody and we will see you next sunday night goodbye